0: You're listening to the Coffin Corners podcast right now. I am your host, Big Tom McClain, uh, with me, my co host. Uh, you know him from the industry horror Coffin Cast. You know him. He's a really good buddy of mine. Nathan Sprague is here. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, Tom. How's it going? I really enjoy that intro. It just reminds me of, of college football immediately. Right? <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> well, we decided we were going to get our uh, our great minds together and combine the uh, the industry horror coffin cast and the giggles live podcast for a little offshoot show where we just talk a little bit of football. Um, so coffin corners was something that just sprung to mind as we were brainstorming this thing and. Uh, I think it's it's kind of a, a great analogy for the football fan. You know what I mean? You most of the time you pick one team and you're all in, and usually you you end up disappointed more times than not. You know?
1: Yeah, definitely, especially for the New York Jets fans out there. I I oh my goodness! I mean the way that they had it all set up, I was just going. This really feels scripted, doesn't it? That the hype of the New York Jets, this could be the season making the playoffs and ACL for Aaron Rodgers, fourth play of the season.
0: Yeah, that's one of those uh, things that you can count on. That's one of those NFL scripts that every year it always happens. The Jets, the really super high hopes, and they're you know out of the picture like week one or two. Miami Dolphins same thing they're really in Miami right now they've got a good record and maybe they're better this year but the reality is Miami usually does really good and then by the time you get to like you know October November they're no longer part of the picture and um, but you you have uh, the Dallas Cowboys who just continue to to give their fans so much hope, and then really when it's all on the line, just embarrass themselves. So really, I think you're right when you're saying there's there's an NFL script. I think you're right. I think the script has been written.
1: <laughs> oh, trust me, I've seen the script. I've seen the NFL script, and I think a lot of people will end up being disappointed. I, I especially for Las Vegas Raiders fans out there. I, I saw the script. Uh, the NFL is going to give you the ultimate flipping the bird big game possible. I see three possible scenarios. It's either going to be the Chiefs trying to defend their title or facing against the Saints, which, by the way, very familiar with Derek Carr as your, as your former quarterback and he finds a way to get in the big game. Or great. it's going to be the Chiefs your arch rival pretty much facing against what was your bay area rival the 49ers and sometimes what is a great start they want to have a great finish you know how it starts is how it ends chiefs versus the lions <laughs> i
0: like that i think i like the, i like think i like prediction two best of all though cuz i think san francisco is Right now, they're a force and they're just rolling people. And there's, they're not even, the games aren't even close. They've scored over 30 points, I believe, every game this season already it, or so far. And uh, they're going into play against Cleveland. Cleveland's got a tough defense, but they've got, you know, their offense is really lacking. And they don't have Deshaun Watson or, and they don't have uh, Nick Chubb. So they don't have it, two of their best weapons. So I, 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 I think my, for the first time in a really long time, I think my brain and my heart both are with San Francisco.
1: I, I got to say with my team, the was Colts, uh, I thought they were going to do a whole lot worse, have a worse start. And they are surprisingly proving me wrong. And speaking of teams that are proving me wrong, I just want to say a player that has been – Continuing on, specifically proving me wrong, uh, not only because of between the trades of the LA Rams and the Detroit Lions, but I was frustrated when the first pick for this specific draft, they picked Jared Goff, and I was mad because I was thinking, this is a great opportunity to get Carson Wentz. And boy, we all know what happened with Carson Wentz. So once again, congrats, Jared Goff. You're keeping on proving me wrong and keep on doing it. While you're at, maybe find a way to get the Detroit Lions to at least the big game. I'm not gonna say quite yet of you being able to win the whole shebang. I did not forget about the big game, 53-13 to three. What's up with that? <laughs>
0: I think you're right about Detroit. Detroit might be the only team not really following the script this year because Detroit really does look good. And with Jared Goff, and that's one of those rare circumstances where I think the trade really worked out for both teams, both for the Rams and for the Lions. I think both teams are better off with the guy that they got. So the Rams needed that experienced quarterback to come in uh, with a system that was kind of already set up for him. And, Detroit needed a guy, a young guy that that needed, uh, you know, the city behind him and and really a little bit of patience because they've really done worse before, you know. So I I think it was I think they were both great fits. And uh, I think that's going to go down in history as like one of those really good trades that worked out for both teams.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sometimes a trade, it doesn't really have to have necessarily a winner or a loser. It could be a winner at the time, and then it's just, no, we're just developing. We're just trying to get these players to have great chemistry with each other, trying to understand, and maybe speaking more specifically of who would be the correct player to fit within your play system, and that is underrated, especially when it comes to a lot of these, you know, with the NFL with the NFL draft, a lot of people think, like, just get the best player. Well, you're going to need some blockers in order to have your best player being able to be, to be at their best. And also, they must be able to fit within the play style that you have in mind because that could make a difference of success and a backfire.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, chemistry is everything, and I think we're seeing that with teams like you know, the Chiefs, they're, they're not doing a lot to mess with the chemistry. If somebody's going to leave, you got to bring somebody in that was a little bit similar. The 49ers do the same thing. Um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly.
1: Also, a lot of people are going to figure out that the key to success for the NFL is having a passing attack. And make sure at least one of your tight ends is from the University of Iowa. I mean, <laughs> look at the San Francisco 49ers with George Kittle. I mean, free touchdowns you know, last game Cute. and also with Sam LaPorta for Detroit lions as well.
0: Yeah. Kittle's uh, three touchdowns on in prime time against the Dallas Cowboys, man. What a, what a great, uh, what a great, you know, rivalry game that was. It's, it's always nice when your team gets out so far ahead so early that you don't have a single stress the rest of the day, <laughs> you know, the, and Dallas wasn't playing really physical enough to where you were worried about players getting hurt. They were being chippy, but not, not physical. Um, I just it was kind of disappointing. My question is, did you uh hear the Micah Parsons uh comments after he saw the Gar- the not the Gary Plummer, the George Kittle jersey or shirt? Did you see that?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I saw with a George Kittle putting like anti Cowboys fan or yeah. something like that, <laughs> anti Cowboys.
0: I think that was the exact words, yeah. And then uh, Micah Parsons, you know, he he, he basically said, you know. Uh, you know, now it's personal, blah, 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 blah. You know, and he's, you know, kind of like, you know, wait till we see you again, kind of a thing. And then, uh, and then Debo responded with, uh, he part of it was, you're probably not going to see us again, but it was, you don't want to see us again. You know, we beat you, you know, I, I can't, what was the score? 42 to 10 or whatever it was.
1: And, yeah, it was 42 to 10.
0: And he's like, he's like, 42 to 10. He goes, you don't want to see us again. And that's the truth. It's, it's kind of a funny thing. It, so, I mean, surely Debo shouldn't have spoke up, but I, th- I think we live in an age now where um, those players are kind of applauded for not, uh, not just rolling over and taking it, you know?
1: Yeah, George Kittle is a personality of his own. You, you can't really tame him. He's just his own personality, and you really have to appreciate that, to be honest. He is, he is, he is past outgoing okay he's he's on his (laughs) own level about going
0: he should be the one with taylor swift that's what i think i I think kelsey is great but i think i think george kittle is better and more on that level i think
1: Uh, oh don't bring taylor swift (laughs) i was trying
0: (laughs) he's like i was trying to go one more show without talking about her But yeah, he's, Oh gosh!
1: Uh, I remember when people were outraged. While we're on the subject of Taylor Swift, might as well bring it up. I remember when people were outraged that the NFL wasn't considering what was it Taylor Swift not being part of the halftime show. It's kind. I don't think she really needs to worry about that. She could just go to the big game on her own. I can kind of see the Chiefs find a way to sneak in. It's not guaranteed but I could see them find a way to sneak in sometimes they I feel they're more of a playoff team than a regular season team
0: oh yeah the, the chiefs definitely look good and they're I, they're gonna go they've got all of the experience that you need for for a playoff team all the playoff experience you want on a playoff team um, and they're gonna be just fine and I think you're right I think I don't know who else you'd consider for a Super Bowl run this year in in the AFC. I mean, I know a lot. Maybe
1: of... the Dolphins and maybe the Bills could possibly sneak in, and maybe even not to make this as a joke, you know, no pun intended, but dark horse, the Colts. Yeah, maybe
0: could be. I mean that. I mean that crazier things have happened. Baltimore looks looks okay too. Baltimore is not terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't think the I don't think people should think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a playoff team. We we gotta slow the roll. I I've, I've noticed the pattern of teams that have that are affiliated with black and yellow. Uh, not the best offense, but they do have a great defense. Right. I'm talking both the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they have that in common.
0: Yeah. And you look at the, you look at teams like the 49ers that, you know, they're going out and they're rolling teams week after week now because they have the offense and the defense. It's not enough to have a good defense like Dallas boasts. We have a good defense and, you know, 49ers figured out, Oh, guess what? We're just going to keep running at Micah Parsons and make everybody do everybody else do all the work. And it broke that defense down, you know, that that's, When you have, you know, elite offenses and elite defenses, that's just how it works. You you know, you you can't – if you're not dominating on both sides of the ball, you're not going to win.
1: Yeah, but I also want to talk about a team – I just don't want Philly fans to go after me if we don't talk about at least the Eagles for a bit, okay? I I don't want Jason Kelsey to be on In the Heights podcast and saying, you know – I listened to this new podcast called "Coffee Quarters," and not once did they mention about the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: <laughs> we'd hate to, we hate to make him mad. <laughs> we want to upset Mr. Kelsey. I like that. Yeah, the Eagles are a good team, man, and I think that we're we're supposed to see a matchup in the NFC Championship between San Francisco and Philadelphia. Maybe it's back in Philadelphia again, and. You know, if you have a healthy Brock Purdy, that game would not have gone the way it went, you know, back in, what was it, January or whatever. Um, so, I think a lot of people would like to see that, including Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia would like to redeem themselves and go, hey, we, you know, we're a good team. You know, a lot of a lot of people didn't think they deserved to be in the Super Bowl, which they did. They, you know, they beat a team. You. They can't help it if, you know, the 49ers fell apart, you know, at the very end, that they didn't have a quarterback. And apparently now they're saying that Jimmy Garoppolo could have dressed and decided not to, so they could have had a quarterback. But, you know, he, he didn't want to, um, you know, ruin his shot at getting on a new team or whatever. Just kind of crazy stuff, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. I mean, I don't really – watch a lot of nfl games these days but i'm looking forward to seeing the 49ers and eagles around december that's going to be an interesting game
0: oh yeah that one's coming up soon too that's going to be
1: a blast
0: that one's going to be and in... do you think both teams might still be undefeated at that point
1: uh well it really depends because i'm kind of worried with the 49ers for their next game i'm worried that. Is known in the college football world as a trap game. They right. get so ahead on focusing on other games that they just think, uh oh, Cleveland Browns, they're the Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah, yeah, we th- got this." Was it uh, Kansas City that only beat the Browns by one or something like that? I, one of the one of the teams that uh, one of the one of the better teams. I want to say it was Kansas City that only beat them by by one point. So yeah I, I think
1: so it sounds about
0: right now the, the the trap theory i was also kind of concerned about that because again you've got an am game you've got an early game it's in the cold i don't i guess we played in pittsburgh but it's getting you know it's getting later in the season so it's getting colder cleveland is you know particularly kind of nasty and you know so that there are possibilities of elements that that, that take part but boy, you really have a depleted Browns roster that's not very good to begin with. And it's just a team that's playing like the 49ers. I, I really can see the 49ers resting their starters at halftime. You know, I think the, the goal of this one is to kind of get in and get out. I, I, I see a lot of running. I don't see them trying to make the game last all day. But I, I think that you're going to see them just kind of uh, try to manage the clock and get through it
1: yeah maybe, definitely
0: maybe maybe they won't score 30 because they've been been—they've, like i said they've had scored 30 i think every game this season so far maybe they won't put up 30 because it's again de- they do have a decent defense and they're uh you know and they're it's in their house and it's going to be early in the weather and all those other things so you know maybe they don't put up 30 but i think that they do get it done
1: yeah, but there will be a time no matter how put together of a team you are. I mean, 17 games is a is a long season. It's a it's, it's never- a long season and they're bound to get a reality check of realizing okay, we could probably lose or yeah, we could get some of our key players being injured. It's it's a long season. I You can't really guarantee of being undefeated for out, but everybody's hoping that both the Eagles and the 49ers will be undefeated leading to the point of the matchup. But I can see a couple of trap games for both the Eagles and the 49ers. I just don't have the schedule off the top of my head of which one, you know, I could see considered as trap games, but...
0: Well, yeah, San Francisco's in a division where they're going to have to face Seattle twice because they haven't faced them yet, and Seattle's a really good team. Seattle's only lost once. Um, I forget who it was that they lost to, but they lost to another good team, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like Seattle. Oh, I think it was the Rams. I think they lost to the Rams.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was the Rams, too.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, so the, you know, so... The, you know, there are, there are several ways. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't by any means think, Oh, they're gonna, I, you know, I feel like they could run the table, but I, I know in my brain how unlikely that is. It's never been done before. It's never been done in a 16 game season. Uh, when Miami did it, I think it was like, what was it? 12 game or 13 game season back in those days or something like that.
1: I think they went like fourteen zero, and then they went through, so it was seventeen and zero. So
0: right, and then the Patriots came really, really close, and then the New York Giants kind of ruined their Thank night. Thank
1: goodness for the New York Giants. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, with everything that you know, Tom Brady, you know, went through, uh, you know, but still, I would not want to have them be that cocky, saying twenty and zero. Yeah, you
0: know, it's like the one thing that's not on his resume, and you know that. Thing Thank goodness, crazy too.
1: <laughs> Maybe Brock Purdy could take care of that. Mister Irrelevant finds a way to get the perfect season. How poetic would that be? Mister Irrelevant brings the first twenty and 0 season.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, and he's he's going to make a lot of money either way because he is. I mean, I think people are starting to finally realize that he's the real thing. I've heard people say, "Oh, stop calling him a game manager," but I've never actually heard anybody call him a game manager. Um, when you watch him, he's so poised, he's so cool. He's got the entire locker room, which isn't necessarily an easy feat in today's NFL because you've got a lot of you've got a lot of mouths to feed. You want to get the ball to a lot of people. And he's very well universally liked, and not to mention he's replacing another guy who was absolutely loved and adored, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo had the locker room, so to come in, be able to also have the locker room, and you know, by the way, be perfect on the field. I guess that kind of helps <laughs> when you're undefeated and you're the highest-rated passer and all of that kind of stuff. That probably helps a little bit to win the locker room, but. You also have to have the support of your team in order to make that. So um, it's, I'm, as a 49er fan, I, I really, the comparisons to Joe Montana, I, I really wholeheartedly agree with him. Just just the way that he handles himself, you know?
1: Yeah, it it would be crazy to say a six-rounder and a Mr. Irrelevant ended up becoming one of the greatest quarterbacks. Wouldn't that be something? Man, it sure A six-rounder from the NFL draft, and then a Mr. Irrelevant. And those two end up being, like, top ten quarterbacks of all time. That would be insane.
0: Yeah. It's, and it, that's what's great about it is for all the people who don't care for Brady, myself included, um, it'll help erase the memory of Brady. <laughs> that would be the best part.
1: Yeah, instead of TB, everybody was saying BP.
0: I guarantee you that Tom Brady's business card is on John Lynch's desk and Tom Brady's willing to come back if the 49ers want him. Cause that's was his dream as a kid was to play for San Francisco. But I think San Francisco wants to win this with somebody like they've always have somebody from within their system. You know, they've always liked to have their guy. I mean, even, you know, Steve Young was brought in from Tampa but he was getting so beat up, and everything they didn't know what they had there. You know, um, it's my opinion. If they didn't have Steve Young, they would have won more with Joe Montana. But um, you know, you can't <laughs> you can't say that if it didn't happen, right?
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. How about we talk about a little bit like who we see at the bottom? I think we can both agree we see the Pampers and the Giants being bottom tier teams. Yeah, those
0: guys are bad. I don't know if you watched the game tonight, but boy, Denver, oof! And I think they're, I think they're uh, in a at a point where they are, um, they're 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 going to start selling off players. You know, they're going to start trading people. They're going to start moving away from people, uh, including I think they're going to move away from Russell Wilson, who's just not, you know he's better than he was last year, but he's still not good. You know,
1: maybe they need to find someone that can fit within Sean Payton's offense system. I'm guessing Russell Wilson doesn't fit that.
0: Yeah, it must be. Cause it sure is uh sure is ugly times for Denver right now. You know, they, they let, so, go, they let go of Randy Gregory, who's a, a great edge rusher. And, and, uh, they traded him to San Francisco for, you know, low picks. And, uh, He's gonna, you get him on the other edge versus Nick Bosa. Randy Gregory was is pretty much always double teamed. Bring him into a situation where he's gonna be, you know, he's not gonna be double teamed because they just don't have the personnel to do it. It's gonna be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the Giants, I think you're right. The Giants are a team that is in really bad shape, um, and it's not going to get any better for them. They've got to do something. I, I don't know what it is about that franchise. It's just, it feels like it's it's truly cursed. Their field is garbage, and people get hurt and lose their careers over there. It just, I don't, it's Giants and Jets, man. It's always something about them. Maybe football needs to leave that uh, the great state of New Jersey. <laughs>
1: And actually be in New York, hmm, that's <laughs> just crazy, but it just might work.
0: <laughs> or just start calling them the New Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets, right?
1: <laughs> or New York Giants could find a way to have a steam in New York, and the New York Jets could be the New Jersey Jets. I mean, they could be NJJ.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Or they could even go New Jets jerseys. No, that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> new Jets jersey. <laughs> and here come the new Jets jerseys.
0: It's, I, think, I think it's so bad at, at the New York Jets games, I don't even think that uh, Joe Namath shows up to get drunk anymore. I think that's how bad it's getting out there at the Jets games.
1: <laughs> yeah. Would you like me to talk about the human interest, some human interest story?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know what, what have you, what have you dug up?
1: Yeah, I, I've I've dug up a human interest story. Not the one that you had in mind, but I'm just wondering uh, a couple of these uh, offensive and defensive corners and even some of these coaches, um, how do you still have their jobs? I mean, (laughs) I mean, especially with Iowa, I got to talk about Iowa because the Iowa offense Oh, especially having to get an average. I think there was an agreement that had to get 25 points per game, and it's looking like that's not going to happen because it seems that they will have to get the impossibility for the rest of the season in order to get close of scoring around 32.3 points per game for the rest of the season.
0: (laughs) It's hard to win games when you're up against that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, lot I mean, of, there's a lot of coordinators that need to lose their jobs.
1: Yeah, but some of them, like, especially, did you see that Miami Miami against Georgia Tech? And when, you're, when your opponent, here's the thing. The only exception, the only exception I would have for you running the ball when your opponent has no timeouts is if, you have around maybe five yards away for your halfback to breaking a, a school record. Okay, the, the single most amount of yards in a single game. Okay, all right. Or breaking the single season record at the school. Okay, fine. I understand that. But any uh, by any other reason, besides that, you needle the ball. You got the game won.
0: I love that I love that your human interest story is how how these guys don't deserve their jobs. <laughs> he threw me a curveball on that one. Not to go for baseball on you.
1: <laughs> I I mean it's just crazy. I mean, you know what's the funniest thing of all? If you combine the USC offensive coordinator and the Iowa defensive coordinator you got a college football playoff contending team right there. That's That's the bizarre thing of all.
0: (laughs) What do you think about Caleb Williams saying that he's not coming out and he's not going into the draft unless he's going to one of four teams? He's got like four teams that he would want to go to. What do you think of that?
1: I think it's a bold move on his part, but he's got to realize that the name, image, and likeness train at some point is going to stop.
0: Yeah, especially if you become less likable. That's part of the likeness thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, the name, image, and likeness train will stop at some point if you keep at this rate. I you know, I commend them on their bold approach of telling them, look, here's a team that I want to play for. And if he went on and explained... Okay, I could see myself with the Raiders. I don't know why under McDaniels, but that's just me, of course. I think Raiders fans are going to really enjoy enjoy this podcast episode. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> I think Raiders fans have become more realistic about their team than in recent years. I think since they moved to Vegas, they're like, okay, we finally got out of Oakland now we can address the fact that our team's bad <laughs> because because it felt like Raiders fans really didn't realize how bad their team was for a long time. And then and then now they're starting to kind of get it.
1: I mean, especially, did you watch that Pittsburgh Steelers game against the Raiders?
0: I watched and some
1: of it. it. It was fourth and one. You're in the red zone. You don't kick a field goal. We have a chance at I think at the moment was have a chance at scoring a touchdown and then going for a two-point conversion, because I think they were down by eight. Don't quote on me on that. I'm trying to recollect. They had a chance of at least going, you go for the touchdown. You go for the touchdown, and then you go for the two-point conversion, you know, tying it. That game wasn't expected to be a good game, and it ended up, Being a good game and and people got robbed of a great game.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a double edged sword right there. If you you know if you're trying to protect your quarterback or whoever it is by not putting them out there in a position to fail, which is what you're doing if you're deciding to kick instead of go for it. you know, you're also taking away some confidence, like you're letting them know, I'm not 100% confident you can do this right now. And I really think that that's an important thing. I think I think you you have to go with your guys. And sometimes you go, all right, we we live and and die by the sword, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go for it with our guys. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, we're gonna figure out how to to fix it and make sure it doesn't happen again. But very, uh, a very strange choice. I agree with that.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say that I would be a better head coach or a better offensive coordinator or a better defensive coordinator. You kidding me? If I was a defensive coordinator, I would end up giving around, giving up around nearly 100 points to the Oregon offense. <laughs> Forget about Portland State giving up 80 points. I would have found a way to have triple digits for Oregon. <laughs> but I know enough of common sense of different situations and scenarios by observation. I think you'd be a a great offensive quarter. No, but I wish I would know on 3rd and 15 at our own territory, not to do a halfback draw.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's another, that's another one that shows no confidence in your quarterbacks. That, that's another one that, that can be like a ego, you know, cracker. I think you got to show confidence in your guys. I think you. I think you have to, especially when their their backs are against the wall. Yeah, so that's my human
1: interest story. Okay,
0: I love it, but I do think you'd make a great uh, coordinator, whether it's offense or defense. Um, and I think you should look into coaching because maybe uh, maybe some common sense needs to be pumped into this game. You know. <laughs>
1: Nah, I wouldn't be a great coach uh, to be honest. I, if it was cornhole, maybe that's a whole different story.
0: That's true. You're putting out uh, tutorials on cornhole. I love that. I Like the uh you know checking the surface before you before you start so you're you know you're kind of getting an idea of of what your trajectories are as the you you're, you're giving some good tips and hints. I love it.
1: Well, sometimes the board can be fast so you need to know ahead of time of what the board that you're playing with and also it depends on the temperature and the time of day because sometimes uh apparently at night you know with enough uh especially if it's really hot enough uh precipitation on the board it could make it uh make the beanbags i think it's if you make the beanbags uh I think stop sooner than what when when you toss it mm-hmm. on the slick side. I think. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like golf. Golf's the same way. If you go early in the morning when there's still dew on the ground, it's gonna have a completely different s- speed. You know, it's it it's gonna either pick up speed or it's gonna, you know, it's gonna slow it down just depending on the green, or depending on the yeah the green and. um, same thing. So I love that you're putting out tips and tricks and are you going to, are you going to look to go pro or do you think you see yourself more in the coaching, um, category?
1: Uh, well, I'm just going to say this, uh, I'm going to do everything I can to be an advocate for cornhole to be an Olympic sport. Um, and maybe see if, if I feel confident enough, even do the throw down. Uh, that's what I'm going to go by uh, so far. Ooh, I like that.
0: I, uh, I I think we should have more Olympic sports where you could have a can of beer in your left hand. I, I don't think we have enough of those.
1: Oh, yeah, especially when we face Germany, we could have a Stein. We have <laughs> a big Stein. Oh, I need to call a call timeout. Got to get my Stein. <laughs>
0: We need to come up with a, uh, a an alcohol Olympics, kind of like the, uh, the, the, you know, Saturday night live had the drug Olympics. Cause you could do, I think there was
1: a movie called beer Olympics I'm and sh- they did a whole thing like that.
0: I'm sure there probably was. And I'm sure there's probably actual beer Olympics out there too. Right. I'm sure that the, cause you can golf, you can bowl. You could, there's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of things you can't do, but there's a lot of things you can still do.
1: <laughs> there's even beer baseball.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, you know the beer companies back when baseball first started. A lot of times, the the sponsors were beer. The you know the teams were were beer companies. That that was the uh, the Sacramento's very first team was the Sacramento Gilt. Was it the Gilt Edge or something like that? And that was uh, the name of a beer back in the eighteen hundreds. A Gilt Edge. Can you imagine drinking a Gilt Edge? <laughs> I'm gonna go down and pick up a twelve pack of Gilt Edge i'm glad that that doesn't exist anymore maybe they didn't understand marketing as much back then
1: yeah can you imagine if somehow like the wnba was sponsored by a bunch of beer companies (laughs) They're like well this works for baseball in their first 25 years let's give it a try well you see it in uh, mma
0: in mma uh, arenas all the time you'll see it right there on the on the canvas You'll see the big Budweiser logo. Why not put that out there in in center court, right? Big old, big old uh, Budweiser or Coors or whoever. (laughs) It could be great. (laughs) I'm a member. Also, I
1: just want to say to the LA Twenty Eight Olympic Committee, uh, what made you all think of all sports to consider for the Olympics? Flag football? Really? Oh, I saw that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of... The, really? Black
1: football? We have cornhole and the, and the uprising sport that is known as pickleball. Yeah, pickleball is
0: huge. Pickleball should be the one that they add into there because that, that actually requires a level of skill. Not that cornhole doesn't, but I think, I think with pickleball, you have full body motion, staying in motion. I, I think that would be a great Olympic sport.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Don't worry, I'm not gonna make a plea to the Olympics. I n- I know you'd rather have cornhole in there. <laughs> I support that as well, <laughs> especially over flag football because flag football is a little bit uh, subjective to with the referees and stuff. The r- rules are kind of weird in flag football. I still have a tough time with it. You think you think tackle football's rules are confusing and inconsistent? <sighs> wait till you wait till your tackle is flags. Flags that you can, you know, shorten and lengthen,
1: and you know, there's all kinds of things you can do with flags. Uh, I know the rules of flag football when I was in elementary school. I played flag football, <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> and as you know, it could be confusing based on who your referees are.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yep.
0: Yeah, I played uh, I played flag football in the air force, that's when, um, and never in practices or anything did our coaches tell us about, um. Flag guarding. Um, I mean, they told us flag guarding, but they didn't tell me that like doing like a spin move or something like that was flag guarding. And so I got I got a big long run called back just because of flag guarding, just because I turned (laughs) out right next to the right by the sideline. So I it should have been legal, but it but it was. I found it confusing. I didn't think most people would call it. So I lost a big good run because of it. (laughs) And I haven't had a lot of big good runs in my life, you know.
1: Yeah, I I know, I know what you mean. You get all excited like, "Yeah, I got a touchdown!" They're like, not flag guarding, like, ah, oh, I'm not sure if I'm ever gonna be able to do that ever again, in my life."
0: <laughs> the best part about flag football, no kickers, <laughs> not even a punter. Or do they punt? Maybe they do punt. Off the pickle. I
1: remember interest. when I played flag football, we had a punter.
0: Oh, did you? Okay, so there is a punter. All right, so that brings us to our next uh, our next topic. Uh, what have you? Do you have any favorite punter names? Because there's so many peculiar punter names out there.
1: Well, I have a favorite punter uh, for college football from University of Iowa, Tory Taylor. Oh yeah, Tori
0: Taylor. University of Iowa always has good special teams, right? I think they they're pretty much. Uh, I think they recruit special teams the way most teams, you know, recruit their quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody even jokes around Iowa. Torrey Taylor is basically our best offense.
0: <laughs> we could always count on our fourth down guy.
1: <laughs> I'm not kidding. They, they, they say that. Torrey Taylor is our best offense, mostly.
0: So the 49ers have a punter named Mitch Wisnowski, which I think is an epic name, right? You got Mitch Wisnowski. The guy that he replaced was Bradley Pinion, and Bradley Pinion still somewhere in the punter world, or he's still more in the NFL right now. Um, and we went to, I went to a game with, it was a Baltimore or Baltimore Ravens game at Levi stadium uh, with Carlos Alas Rocky and Bradley Pinion's family was right in front of us. How do we know? Cause there was an entire row. And I mean, at least 16 people wearing pinion jerseys and it was so awesome. And, and then I that's when I coined the phrase, he, Bradley Pinion's the best in my opinion. So I, that was uh, the brilliance that is Tom McClain rhyming. And historically, the 49ers have always had good punters with, with crazy names. I, I think I mentioned to you in an email one time, Max runniger who we got from the Philadelphia Eagles. And he uh, was our punter for at least one Super Bowl team, maybe two. And then um, my favorite, and I don't know, how much success he saw as far as Super Bowls, but was Tommy Thompson. Tommy Thompson, as me and my brother were getting his autograph, he told us that uh, we needed to go get soccer autographs because that's a real sport. So Tommy Thompson, shout out for that great advice. And now here we are in 2023, and soccer is starting to uh, take on the nation, right? They've got two major league teams in L.A. that are doing great.
1: Yeah, the L.A. Galaxy, and then the other one was called L.A. Football Club, right?
0: That's right, L.A. Football Club, and Carlos is season ticket holder there for L.A. Football Club, and just avid, goes to every game. He loves it.
1: <laughs> Let me see here. The only other punter that I can think of is Pat McAfee, and I'm only saying that because I'm kind of hoping that somehow he asks one of us to – to be on his show, <laughs>
0: there we go. We'll try to simulcast with him sometime. I'll we'll have to tag him in our. Uh, I'll tag him in our uh, uh, um, posts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pat. We we just go like Pat McAfee as uh, you know, coffin corners, and then we just put hashtag Pat McAfee. Like, oh, oh, is he in this episode?
0: I'm sure he's probably at least has somebody that checks the hashtags that say Pat McAfee because somebody like him, he's popular enough from the sports world and the entertainment world that there could be misinformation so you would want to know what's being said about you you know what i mean and i think he's he's a smart enough dude to probably keep an eye on that that would be my guess all right so thanks for listening to coffin corners it is now available everywhere podcasts are found you can find that uh you know, iHeart, you know, iTunes, i all the i's. You catch them all of those places. Where's your favorite place to listen to the podcast, Nathan?
1: Uh, I listen to podcasts on Spotify mostly because that they really help out. with. Uh, I, I didn't like the fact that uh, Anchor.fm became Spotify for podcasters, but I'm really enjoying what Spotify has been bringing lately for podcasts. So I listen on Spotify.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Spotify too. Spotify is another one with an I in it. It's just at the very end. That's the only difference. But I listen to it on Spotify too, so we will be available on Spotify too as you're listening to it now. So Nathan, hold on just a second and I will catch you on the other side of the song. Thank you for listening to Coffin Corners on the Giggles Live Radio Network and the Industry Horror Coffin Gas. Thank you so much for listening.